Chapter 7 New Birth Stephen, the small mute boy brought to Mariah's safe house by Fui Lin, sits on a couch alone in the dark watching television. In an adjacent room, Fui Lin, Jared, Trevor, Susan, and Reason talk about the conditions of Manuel and Jean-Claude, as well as Jared's experience in the Dominion. They are now all that is left of the opposition. Stephen seems transfixed on the television monitor as the news story plays on the screen. He is amazed to see that they are not the only ones with imminent troubles. It seems as though the world is also facing troubles of their own. Now today's top stories. The red sky, which is now being dubbed Red Shingles, has been illuminating the airspace for three weeks now. NASA probes are still circling orbit to determine its cause. Reports reveal that they are no closer to understanding the source of the hue than they were three weeks ago, but assures Congress that there is no chance of physical or biological danger. Also leading the news, riots in New York are at an all-time high, and the president has declared martial law for the entire state. There are reports of countywide rioting in Miami, Detroit, Los Angeles, and Chicago. In other news, churches are filling up across the globe. Reverend James McDougall says that the Christian faith has never seen an explosion like this since the time when Jesus walked the earth. If you have not considered Jesus all your life, there's no better time than now. These earthquakes, wars, and events have been foretold in the Bible. It indicates the end is coming. The Bible tells us in Matthew 24 to be aware of the times. Jesus tells us to watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And these are the beginning of birth pains. So as you can see, these events have been foretold, as well as the many false prophets that we've seen in the passing months claiming to be Christ. The preachings of Reverend James McDougall have raised controversy with many government officials and spiritual leaders, and has raised concerns with the liberal. Reason, Jared, Fui Lin, Trevor, and Susan sit around the makeshift dining room table. Susan remembers that only days ago, all of the opposition minus one were rejoicing here around a meal and thanking God for bringing them all together. Now the mood is much more somber, and Jared continues to explain why he decided to have a change of heart toward the Dominion. I believed them. After nine months slump, my practice had tripled. I was able to afford the life that I'd always wanted. I knew that there was a group of people looking after me for a change. They would fill my every desire. Over time, I became more corrupt. I cut myself off from the friends and family that I had once loved and made new friends that would accept who I'd become. I hated who I was, but I didn't see any chance of turning back. They made me believe that they loved me, that I didn't need a family anymore because I had the brotherhood. I became an operative and began doing small things for them at first. I gave them 10% of all my earnings and began to conduct fraudulent activities within my profitable business. I don't care who knows now. I didn't fully know who I'd become until I was asked to deliver you to them, Bartholomew. I was to watch you, to see if you had a recent change in your religious life, if you had suddenly become a Christian by extraordinary means. They told me that they were going to bring you in for re-education. I believed I knew what they were, but I didn't know then that they'd planned to kill you. 
I'd never been part of another man's death. Now it looked like I was going to be. The struggle within me was great, but I couldn't turn back from the life I'd chosen to lead. I didn't believe in God, but when I meant the dominion, I began to believe. The forces we deal with are supernatural, but not from God. We couldn't even speak the name of Jesus when we were at the Empire. My heart had grown cold. I'd accepted my fate and yours, but not my sister's, your mother. I'd always loved her. I would never let any harm come to her directly. She'd get over your death eventually, but now the Dominion had caused her death. I'd wandered the streets for days after, not knowing what to do. I wanted to end it all. I had been the cause of her death. She was the only person who truly loved me and who I loved. But I began to remember what you told me in my office. It finally began to sink in. You knew that there was something else, something better. I wanted to find out what. But I knew God would never accept me after what I've done. Even still, I figured that I could at least stop what the Dominion was planning to do. I knew what they were planning. I just didn't know what I'd gotten into. I'm sorry, son. But now you know. Now I know. Uncle Jared, it's not too late for you. God loves you, and it is not his desire that any should perish in hell. I deserve hell after what I've done. Maybe, but God's grace and mercy through Jesus will save you from that fate. Even after what I've done? I'm the worst of all evildoers. I help kill Christians. Correction. You helped kill Christians. But God has shown you the light. Paul in the Bible used to kill Christians as well. But he turned out to be one of the most dynamic tools that God has used for the saving of the Gentiles. Yeah, maybe you're the next Paul. I'm humbled by the possibility. Could it be true? Can I finally stop running? Stop running, Uncle, and find rest in Christ. We have. And don't worry about Mom now. She's in heaven. I know that to be true. Give your life to Christ. Then we can all be together again in heaven. But what about you? How can you ever forgive me? Don't worry, Uncle. I already have. Jared can't stop the flood of tears. <laughs> Reason puts his hand on his uncle's shoulder. He knows that his ability to forgive his uncle is not in his own strength, but is supernatural from the Holy Spirit himself. The others gather around Jared and begin to embrace him as they pray. Head Dominion Warlocks Harwin and Haddon walk the corridors, obviously agitated. Sylvia notices them and begins to head them off. This is an outrage! Where is that man? What is going on? What happened? Shinara is dead. Dead? By who? I think you know by who. In all the years I've been a part of the Empire, I've never seen Dominion heads turn against each other. How did she die? Well, we haven't found all of her yet. Sylvia turns white. I'm going to report this to Galakas. What makes you think he doesn't already know?
I want you to sweep the entire region. I want every inch combed. Glacus is in his private chamber, speaking to Sasha, his new favorite operative. He stands intimately close to her, touching her face affectionately as he continues. You will find the opposition, which would make me very happy. If it pleases you, my master. You are priceless, beautiful and cunning. Now be careful, and if there's anything you need, consider it at your disposal. As much as she wants to stay with him, she knows that his directive requires immediate attention. She bows low and begins to leave. One last thing, Sasha. Tell the other operatives that I'm instituting a $1 million bounty for each member of the remaining opposition. And tell them that whoever finds where they are hiding will receive power and wealth beyond measure. I will, my master. And I truly hope... That person is you. Haddon passes Sasha as she leaves Galakas' chamber and takes a step into the room before the door even closes. Lord Galakas? I hope you're coming to tell me that you have news about the location of the opposition, or maybe even better, that preparations are ready for me to leave for Israel. No, I've come to report a murder. Murder? It's Shannara. She's dead. I know. What? But I thought... I run a tight ship here, Haddon. We all have to be working toward the same goal. And when I find friction in the ranks, I have to ask myself why. And when I don't like the answer, I have to take action. It was either her or my new first-in-command. And surely, like any good chess player knows, you sacrifice the lesser pieces and keep the greater ones. Now that you know... I think it wise that you keep in step with what is going on under my control, like you have since my arrival. I count on loyalty. It just occurred to me that you may not like my course of action. Is this true? No, of course not. Now, I suggest that you and the others spend some time in the summoning chambers to find the remaining opposition. I have the operatives working in full force. We have to use this time to finish what we've started, to destroy them while they are at their weakest. If even one of the opposition is still alive by the time of the rebirth, it may never happen. These members of the opposition pose more of a threat than you may have initially thought. I I will make sure that we have all the knowledge that we need, Galakas. I and the rest of us will show you that we are equally as powerful as Herrick, your first, especially if we work together. Good, because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The rebirth will bring forth the indwelling of the Antichrist. The Antichrist is already here, then? Of course. Then it is as I suspected. Glacus raises his eyebrow in surprise at Haddon's intuition. Maybe I should give you more credit. I was sure that you wouldn't have guessed that he is here. Do you know who he is? I have my suspicions. In any case, what I'm going to tell you next may shock you. For him to take his position at the Master's side, I will have to leave this body. You will die? Not die, really. For a seed to become a tree, it must first leave its shell. But when it is reborn, it becomes something magnificent. The time is set for the rebirth, and I can tell you this. That time is very soon. 
and when that time comes, I will designate Herrick to perform the ceremony. Though, since you have impressed me today with your knowledge about the Master's coming, you will be by Herrick's side conducting the ritual. Susan, Stephen, Trevor, Fuilin, and Reason are in a circle about to begin to pray when Jared walks in. Not wanting to disturb them, he begins to leave when Reason addresses him. How are Manuel and Jean-Claude doing? They're both coming around. Jean-Claude is walking on his own now. I told him he shouldn't be walking around yet. Only to the restroom. Only to the restroom, my dear. Their muscles are getting stronger. Jean-Claude demands to go with you on this mission, Bartholomew. Uncle... Reason, please. Oh, oh, right, of course. Emmanuel has it in his mind that he will lead the new Christian movement. He calls it the Jesus Movement. He's been watching the reports of the Christian revival. I think he's all but forgotten about the cause right at our own doorstep. Great. That's great news. Would you like to hear even greater news? I've done it. I've given my life to Christ. And let me tell you, I couldn't be happier. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. I knew you That's would do great. It. I'm so happy for you. I didn't think he would accept me. But when I prayed and opened my heart, I felt an amazing peace. I know that my life is saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now I have a new reason to live. Though knowing the Dominion's determination, that probably won't be very long. Have faith, Uncle. We're just getting ready to pray over our new plan. This time it will be bathed in prayer. And now that you're one of us, your help in this prayer is much needed. You know that the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there in their midst. Come and sit with us. And afterward, I think we have a reason to throw a celebration party. Susan, always looking for a reason to throw a party. Well, the angels in heaven are celebrating. Why shouldn't we? You've got me there. Let us pray. Lord, Forgive us for neglecting to come to you before our last encounter with the Dominion. You have taught us that we need to be clothed with your armor always, especially when we are going up against the powers of darkness. Right now, I ask that you strengthen all of us, clear our minds of the past and the hurt that we all feel for our fallen comrades. Help us to focus on the task at hand. I feel that this next battle is a pivotal one. I know that you will be with each of us, but we must have faith that you are there. Thank you for your steadfast faithfulness. You are magnificent. Now, Lord, I also pray for Jean-Claude and Manuel, who are still healing from our last attack. I pray that you place your healing hand upon them. Give us wisdom, Lord. Your word says that a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Direct us, Lord. Give Trevor and me the wisdom to put this plan together. With your guidance, I know we will succeed in stopping the unleashing from bringing forth the evil upon this earth. I know that there are things written in your word that will not change, but you've placed us here to make a difference. We know that the Antichrist will come, but maybe our efforts will help to stop anything else that may be coming with him. We place our lives in your hands. We live and die for you, our Lord and Savior. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, what next? Didn't someone say something about a party? All right. Susan gives Reason a quick kiss before getting up to make the party preparations. Why don't you take Stephen with you? And maybe Uncle Jared. He's a great cook. 
The rest of us will put together a plan. Bartha... Uh, reason. If I may make a suggestion, I think that I should stay with you. You'll need me to help you lay this plan. I don't forget that I've been in that building several times, and I know the layout better than anyone at this table. I also know how they operate, and may be able to help in letting you know what they plan to do. Of course. Maybe God sent you to us for this very reason. For this reason, and several other reasons, you might say. Right reason? Let's get started. Bracken, one of the Dominion operatives, flips out the kickstand to his Harley-Davidson with his boot before dismounting. Approaching while surveying the aftermath of Jean-Claude's accident, he eventually kneels to see an empty driver's seat. As he looks closer, he notices one of Jean-Claude's arrows that slid under the passenger seat. He picks it up and twists it within his fingers. You can't hide from me. With the bounty that Glacus put on your head, there's no place on earth you can hide from me. Bracken stands, looking down the road where he knows they must have gone. Reason, Fuilin, Trevor, and Jared continue planning in a separate room while Susan and Stephen prepare for the party. Perfect. They won't know what hit them. I just hope that Jean-Claude is ready to move when it's time to go. Fuilin notices a figure leaning in the doorway. Somebody say my name? Susan finishes putting the glaze on a cake that she and Stephen managed to bake. Okay, young man. How many candles should we put on this cake? Stephen flashes three fingers. Three? Just three? He abruptly raises his other hand with all of his fingers spread out. Now that's better. Eight. Maybe one for each of us in this shack, huh? That's a good idea, Stephen. I couldn't have picked a better number. Maybe I should use this short candle for you. What do you think? Stephen blushes as he smiles. Hey, why don't you see if you can find some balloons and maybe some party favors, huh? I might not have enough here. Go on now, but don't go far. After tracking skid marks and wreckage parts, Bracken deduces where the opposition must be hiding out. To his surprise, it isn't too far from where the accident took place. Bracken lifts binoculars to his eyes. He notices Fuilin's cycle hidden behind some bushes. He seems fairly certain that this bike made the tire tracks he saw a few miles up the road. Taking out his cell phone, he proceeds to dial. Hey, I need to speak with Glacus. It's Bracken. Well, get him then. It's important. Tell him that I've found the opposition's hideout. And make sure you move quickly, because by the end of the day... You'll be taking direct orders from me. Bracken notices movement close to the hideout. Using his binoculars, he sees Stephen standing at the entrance. It looks as if he is picking up sticks and other trinkets that are strewn around the ground. Well, what do we have here? Bracken here. That's right, I'm looking right at it. Yeah, there's a little boy out front. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You've got it. Bracken hangs up the phone and moves in closer. Inside of the hideout, Fuilin is looking for Stephen. Susan is sitting on a couch reading an outdated magazine as the television plays in the background. I think I'll take number three for $700, Ray. Susan, have you seen Stephen? No, I haven't seen him since this morning. I'm sure he couldn't have gone far. 
Steven! What do you want Susan turns off the television as Reason walks in. What's the problem? I can't find Steven. I saw him earlier. He was right here. Let's gather the rest. We have to find him. Steven! Phelan hurries out of the room in a panic. She is so disheveled that she almost tramples Steven who rounds the corner. Phelan puts her hand on her chest as if to keep her heart from jumping out. Hiya! There you are, young man. Don't ever do that again. Forget it. Here he is. Phelan kneels to hug him. She is so relieved to see him safe that she doesn't notice how despondent he is. His expression is cold and lifeless. Phelan stands and walks away. Morning light pours through the window to where Manuel lay. His alarm goes off, signaling his 8 o'clock wake-up call. Susan walks into the room with a glass of water. Manuel, how are you feeling today? Ah! Reason! All of the remaining opposition, with the exception of Manuel, sit in the meeting room concerned and shaken. Did anyone hear anything last night? Did anyone find any sign of a break-in? Regardless, our location is compromised. It looks like it could have been the work of a Dominion champion. The wound was definitely that of a sword, strategically placed over the heart. It went completely through Manuel's body, so it must have taken a great deal of force to strike a blow of this sort with only one thrust. But if it were one of the Dominion champions, why didn't they just kill all of us? Everyone, prepare your things. We're executing our plan tomorrow morning. Fuilin, go with Jean-Claude and check the perimeter to see if there's any sign of a breach or maybe tracks or any sign that someone other than ourselves has been on the premises. Trevor and Susan, check the facility to see if anything is missing or planted. Jared and Stephen, prepare the body for burial. I'll conduct the last rites as soon as things are ready. Everyone, we need to be on high alert. Make sure that you report anything out of the ordinary. Tonight we postcards. Fuilin, Jean-Claude, and I will each take a watch. I say that we pray right now that God watch over us and reveal the answer to this mystery. Great. You lead. As everyone bows their head, Stephen does not. He just looks straight ahead, cold and despondent. It's like the lights are on, but nobody's home. God, please protect us. Reveal to us the assassin and how they were able to sneak in under our guard. We look to you, Lord, to be our eyes and ears. We have lost too many, and we can't afford to lose any more. I know that you love and care for all of us, and that you're watching over us even now. Please be our shield and our protector. Before Susan finishes her prayer, she opens her eyes a little early. In doing so, she notices that Stephen isn't praying, just looking forward. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Susan remains at the table a moment even as the others get up to leave. She looks at Stephen, puzzled and concerned. After a few moments, he turns to look at her. She feels a cold chill rush over her. Something is not settling well within her spirit. Herrick approaches Glacus, who is finishing his breakfast. Everything is going according to plan. One of theirs was murdered last night by our champion. 
Excellent. Which of the opposition? We don't know that yet, but we will soon. Reason lay on his bed toying with Gavagai. He collapses the weapon and prays. Lord, we need your help to win this battle. Now we are down to only three of our fighters and three helpers. Even Trevor doesn't know what happened last night. Without Mariah, he is our best hope of sniffing out the truth. Father, I must confess to you. I'm scared. Everything is spinning out of control, even before we can put our plan in motion. Mariah, Manuel, Olivia, Carway, all dead. Each one had given their life for the cause of Christ. I can't help but wonder, is my time next? Susan pokes her head in the doorway. Reason? Is this a bad time? Are you busy? No, not at all. Come in. Reason sits up and Susan sits next to him. What's on your mind? Something's been bothering me, and I didn't know who to talk to about it. I almost feel silly bringing it up to you, but I feel so strange about it. Why? What's up? You can tell me. It's Stephen. Stephen? He's been acting strange lately. Strange? How do you mean? Well, this morning when we were praying for God's protection, he wasn't participating as usual. As a matter of fact, it was almost as if he didn't want to be there at all. When he looked at me, there was something in his eyes. Are you sure? We've all been under a lot of pressure lately. Our friends falling by the sword and the danger that we face, maybe it's taking its toll on you. No, it's not that. And just earlier today, he wouldn't even talk to me. Reason gives her a confused look, knowing that Stephen is mute. I don't mean that he talks to me with words, but he does communicate with gestures and body language. It seems that he's totally cut himself off from me. Well, if something were strange with him, don't you think that Fui Lin would have noticed too? Have you talked to her? No. And she and I have a sense of sniffing out things that are dangerous or unsettling. God's never steered us wrong yet, and every time we get around evil, we can sense it. Sometimes we can even see it. I didn't think you'd believe me. It's not that I don't believe you. I'm just not sure if you are misinterpreting things. Have you considered that maybe Manuel's death came as a blow to Stephen as well? Maybe this is his way of dealing with it. Or maybe it's had a negative effect on him, possibly disconnecting him even more. I don't know. <sighs> Come here. Reason pulls her close. She lay her head on his chest in response. Listen. I think that he's just not himself right now. It may take some time for him to come to terms with what's been happening lately. Considering what we've all been through, I'm surprised that we're all holding up so well. Tell you what, I'll go talk to Stephen and see if he sets off any unsettling signs. Would that make you feel better? Susan nods. Inside of his bedroom, Stephen plays with his toy fire truck. Reason appears in the doorway, looking over the boy as he plays. 
After a few moments, he squints, as if trying to see something that isn't there. Jean-Claude is managing to walk without limping now. He, Fui Lin, and Reason prepare their weapons for the coming night. Now I'll take the first watch. Then I'll wake up Jean-Claude for the second. And Fui Lin, you'll take the third watch. We have to be sharp. Tomorrow we execute our plan, and we need us all here and all in one piece. If you see any sign of danger, use this megaphone. I know it's not the best tool, but it's the only thing we have. This way, everyone will wake up immediately and will be on guard. Trevor has secured our exit if it comes to that. He's opened a wall at the south end for immediate access to the street. If you notice something and we can get out quietly, that would be best. But if you need to wake us all, now you know how. All of our links are gone except for the link that I have with Jean-Claude. Though my link with him has been weaker than usual, it is still there. I believe it may have something to do with us losing so many of us. I didn't feel the magnitude of pain that you felt in your accident, Jean-Claude, but I knew you were in trouble. So we can't fully rely on that tonight. Any questions? Oui. Where are you going to be on your wash? Uh, This is uh, quite a big place to wash over. Good question. I'll be outside most of the time. Mariah taught me how to conceal myself well. Hopefully, if danger begins to approach, I'll be able to notice in the wisps of red like we usually see when the Dominion are around. It'll be dark, so I have to depend on my senses. Every so often, I'll walk the perimeter and even through the halls of the facility to make sure things are okay. But get all of the sleep you can. We have a big day ahead of us tomorrow. Do you think it would be wise for us all to sleep in the same room tonight? In case of attack? I don't know. If they come on us all at once, we'll be cornered. We need some separation to be most effective. If we have limited exits... And if they send everything to eliminate us all at once, it wouldn't be good for us to all be together. On the other hand, we may want to sleep in pairs. Fuelin, you're in charge of that detail. None of the three notice Susan listening on the other side of the door. She walks away, pondering what she heard. Reason is on full alert. He walks the hallway by Freeland's room with the megaphone in one hand and his retracted weapon in the other. He quickly glances in as all of the doors to each of the rooms have been left open for security reasons. He notices all is well and continues on. Freeland lay on her bed while Stephen sleeps in a cot close to her. His eyes snap open. In Susan's room, Trevor is zipped in the sleeping bag at the foot of her bed. Susan can't seem to get to sleep. She is wide awake, sitting up, unsettled, and on edge. With her knees pulled tightly up to her chest, she prays a quick, silent prayer. After a few moments, she gets up quietly and leaves. In Fui Lin's room, Stephen gets to his feet. He reaches under Fui Lin's bed and quietly drags something metal from underneath. It is a large sword, one of the singing swords that the Dominion champions use in combat. Amazingly, he is able to lift it with little effort. The innocence in his face turns to determination. He looks over at Fui Lin, who is sleeping soundly. Susan stands in the kitchen drinking a glass of water. She takes one last swallow and heads back down the hallway. Stephen stands over Fui Lin. He looks her up and down, then positions the sword above her so that it will penetrate right through her heart. 
Susan passes Freeland's room, peeking inside out of habit. She stops, stunned as she sees Stephen with his sword in his hand raised to kill Fui Lin. Ah! Fui Lin wakes up just in time to see the sword coming down at her. She swiftly moves out of the way and kicks Stephen with her exposed leg, sending him stumbling to the floor. She is fully awake now, trying to assess the situation. Stephen gets up with sword in hand. Stephen, what are you doing? She reaches for her throwing stars that are right next to the bed. Once she has three positioned between her fingers, she looks over in shock. At first, she wonders if her eyes are playing tricks on her. But soon, she realizes that Stephen isn't Stephen at all. As if she were once blind and now can see, she watches his small form grow and morph into the towering bat-winged behemoth that they've grown to know as Agravain. He approaches her with sword raised. Jean-Claude appears in the doorway next to the stunned Susan with his crossbow loaded. He aims and fires a quick strike right between the shoulder blades. Jean-Claude shuffles Susan down the hallway. Get racing, quick! She darts down the hall past Trevor. What's going on? Agravain turns to see who hit him with the arrow, then turns his attention back to his initial prey. She throws her stars at him, but he is too close to strike any vital areas. He charges like a linebacker, smashing her up against the wall, effectively breaking the bed as he does. Two more arrows sink into Agravain's back as he realizes he can't ignore Jean-Claude any longer. He slams Freeland to the floor and turns his attention to the archer. Jean-Claude motions with his head to Trevor. Get me my explosive-tipped arrows. He looks as if he is about to charge Jean-Claude, but instead he makes a break for the window, crashing through. Jean-Claude realizes that the wings are not just for show. Agravain actually achieves liftoff. Reason watches from outside. Before Agravain can get out of striking range, he lunges at the demon using Gavagai as a spear. It sinks into Agravain's midsection, doubling him over, but he quickly recovers, knocking the staff away with his sword. Then he tries to strike Reason through the side. The low flight is clumsy, and his efforts are easily blocked. To regain his equilibrium, he lands. As he does, Reason uses Agravain to strike the top of the blade, pinning it into the ground. Agravain lets go and tackles Reason, using his massive arms to bear hug him. Jean-Claude makes his way toward the window. Trevor enters the room with two handfuls of explosive arrows, followed by Jared. Reason can't move. Agravain is too strong. With a quick burst of energy, Agravain tries to take flight with Reason in his grasp. His large wings beat so hard that they turn over Freeland's cycle. They both begin to lift off the ground. Jean-Claude takes aim. Be careful. You could hit Reason. Not with my aim. With trained precision, he lets loose his arrow and strikes the already injured Agravain, exploding in his thigh. Some of the flames and shrapnel reach Reason, but not much. Agravain loses his balance and lets go of Reason, who falls almost 25 feet to the ground. Hit him again. I plant you. Jean-Claude readies another arrow before Agravain can regain his equilibrium and lets it fly. This one strikes Agravain squarely in the back and explodes a hole right through the beast. The force sends him twirling to the ground and he lands in a crumpled heap. Jean-Claude pulls away from the window and rushes outside with another explosive arrow ready and trained at the abomination. Is he dead?
Agravain's body is cauterized by the heat of the explosion, but he is indeed dead. The remaining six stand, looking at the body shocked and mesmerized. If this thing wasn't Steven, where is he? We'll find him. I told him that I'd take care of him. I told him I wouldn't let anything happen to him. Reason comforts Susan, who begins to cry as well, putting his arm around her and pulling her close. You know where he is, don't you? Reason nods. I'm going with you. You can't. You know that. Your job is even more important than ours. We need you and Trevor to be praying here while we finish this. But what if... what if you don't come back? If it be God's will. Promise me. Promise me you'll come back. That is not for me to decide. (laughs) I love you, Susan. More than you'll ever know. I will do everything I can to make it back here alive. I want this to be over. I need this to be over. And when it is, there's nothing I'd want more than to spend the rest of my life with you. You better come back to me, Reason. If you don't, I'll never forgive you. I'll never forgive you. She buries her face in his chest and he holds her tight. Then do your part and pray. Pray with all of your might. I think we know what we have to do. Then let's do it. As the three warrior opposition leave for their weapons, Trevor walks over to Agravain's sword that is planted in the ground. Before he can touch it, the blade disappears. Jared and Susan sidle up next to him. There is only a hole where the blade once was. It looks like we have our work to do here, too. You both should grab a few of your things. It's no longer safe here. Within the largest Dominion summoning chamber, Sylvia sits cross-legged with the rest of the remaining head warlocks. After a brief moment, she opens her eyes. We've lost contact. Then Agravain must be destroyed. What do we do now? We go to Plan B. Wouldn't that be about Plan C or D now? Herrick flashes a disapproving look. Well, what about the boy? Kill him. Wait. Galakis may still have use for him. Put him in a holding cell. I'll speak with Galakis to see what he wants to do. And Harwick, you better learn to watch your tongue, or you'll no longer have one. The unleashing is almost upon us. We must make sure that the remaining members of the opposition are disposed of. There's only three left. We have their position. Everything points to their demise. Don't worry yourself, Haddon. The way will be clear for the unleashing to be reborn. Reason, Fui Lin, and Jean-Claude are back at the Dominion headquarters. Reason tries to focus as he remembers that he lost two of his comrades here, Mariah and Olivia. All three of them are wearing heavy backpacks. Jean-Claude repositions his to stop cutting into the wound on his shoulder. Fui Lin uses the binoculars to view the perimeter. You were right. They weren't expecting us. Look at their guards. It's a minimal compliment. The operatives must be on assignment looking for us. But they already know where we are. 
Let's just hope and pray that Trevor and Susan are wise enough to evacuate the hideout. Don't worry, Reesing. Trevor knows. We talked about it after uh, one of our planning meetings. At that time, he uh, had a holding place set up if our position was ever compromised. And I'd say that it has been. Believe me, mon ami, they're out of there. Good. There's one thing that bothers me. Why weren't you and I able to sense that that thing that attacked us at the hideout wasn't Stephen? They must have figured out a way to mask his presence. If they are using Stephen, then they may have a way to project his essence over Agravain. That way we would sense it is Stephen and not Agravain. But that would mean that they no longer have any need of Stephen. He's alive, Waylene. I just know it. Just be prepared to do what you have to do. Let's concentrate on what's before us. Reason repositions his backpack as well, but not too roughly as to disturb the charges of C4 that are packed tight. This stuff is heavier than I thought. How much did you bring? All of it? Fuelin and Reason look at Jean-Claude with a shock and dazed look. Okay, then. Well, you know what to do. Now we have to get in close enough to rig the entire facility. Jean-Claude, you have the trigger mechanism, so don't be late to use it. When the time comes, don't hesitate to activate. I don't care where the rest of us are. You have to hit that mark. Do you understand? You can count on me. We are all counting on you. Reason looks at Fui Lin. Don't worry. We'll have him out of there in time. But stay focused. There is something going on here greater than all of us. Our first objective is to finish this. God will do the rest. Agreed? Agreed. Fuilin. Agreed? Agreed. Let's pray. God, we come to you again. Not as saints, or heroes, or even prophets. Just mere men. You called us to stand up against the Dominion Empire, and we've done that. Not on our own, but with the leading and protection of your spirit. Now we stand at the edge of the finish line. We are ready to do our duty. We commit our lives to you. We will not question your ways, but we obey, even to the point of death. We don't need to see your full plan as long as you illuminate our way step by step. We know that our end is bright. Just as Paul said in the Bible, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Either way, we serve you. I pray that you bless us today. Bless the flight of Jean-Claude's arrows and Fuelin's stars and guide my staff to swing true. You've brought us together for this time. Many have fallen in getting to this point. Help us to complete this task. Help us to stop the unleashing. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. 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 Ready to do this? It's a good day to be a martyr. Then let's go. The complex is large, but Jared provided key intel as to where the most sensitive areas are. Reason sneaks up by the power junction and places an explosive, setting the timer. Fui Lin is on top of the building and places one above the exit doorway. Jean-Claude connects the charge under the gas tank of one of the automobiles. Time else set? There's no turning back now. 
It takes a while, but eventually all chargers are set. They don't believe they've been seen and have stayed off the comm system to keep radio silent. But once Reason sets the last charge, he opens comms. How are we doing? All set on my end. Jean-Claude? Get ready to see some fireworks. Okay, let's put this plan into action. Jean-Claude, you know what to do. And keep this channel open only for emergencies. Out. Jean-Claude slinks by an operative and makes his way toward a door that is now boarded up. It is where Reason made his exit last time. Up till now, Jean-Claude has been cat-like, but this time, he draws the attention of an operative who approaches him. Hold it right there. This place is restricted. Hey, you're... Before he can finish his sentence, Jean-Claude knocks the gun off target, turns around, and elbows the operative in his face. Then he flips him over his back and kicks him in his face, silencing him. At that moment, another operative notices what is happening and raises her radio to her mouth. We have a breach. We have a breach at the south gate. We need backup. It's one of the opposition. Shots ring out as Jean-Claude takes a defensive position, slamming his back against the wall. Time for me to make a run for it. He darts off into the brush. Inside the Dominion headquarters, Sasha is on headset, looking over a panel of surveillance monitors. Glacus enters, overhearing the conversation. Attention, all operatives to the south gate. All operatives to the south gate. Good. She's come to us. If I may say so, Glacus, as I said before, we need more security here. If they brought everyone, we may not be able to handle them. We have operatives at their hideout now, along with Deuce... Kraken and the Destroyer. There's nowhere for them to hide. Gather your operatives and hunt down this renegade opposition. Sweep the perimeter to see if there are any others present. My guess is that you won't find any. Kill the shepherd and the sheep scatter. Reports mention that the opposition that was killed at the hideout was Reason. The one at the south gate is likely Fui Lin in search of her young boy. I trust you can take care of it. Use all of the operatives you deem necessary, and I put you in command of three champions on site. But I need my warlocks here, as well as the remaining two champions. We will be leaving for Israel within the hour, and by that time it is my desire that all of the opposition be destroyed. Keep me abreast of the situation, but remember, you must destroy all of them before the day is out. Yes, my master. Sasha leaves the room, and another operative takes her place at the monitors. Fui Lin is hiding behind a dumpster around the corner. She watches a couple of operatives run out of the doorway toward the road. A few moments later, Sasha makes her way out too. She is still on headset. He? It wasn't a female? Well, he couldn't have gotten far. I want you to conduct a sweep. Five-mile radius. If there is anyone in the area, I want to know about it. Oh, and Vice? Get a hold of Bracken on this. If anyone can find this guy, he can. Sasha stands in the doorway of the Dominion headquarters, scanning briefly to see if she notices anything out of the ordinary. After a moment, she walks away. Once out of sight, Fui Lin gets up and makes her way into the facility. 
Reason has found an access ladder and begins climbing. Now that most of the operatives have been alerted to Jean-Claude's location, Reason has a good 30 seconds before his line-of-sight window closes. Avoiding active surveillance cameras that Jared pointed out when planning this operation, Fui Lin is able to make it unnoticed to what she believes is the summoning chamber. I think this is the room that Jared told us about. Though it is dark, she can make out a figure tied to a board in the corner of the room. It looks like Stephen. Believing that she is the only other person in the room, she makes her way quickly to his side. Stephen, are you all right? She loosens his bonds and lifts him off the board. Stephen is amazingly weak and slumps in her arms. Just then, the lights come on bright. <gasps> Fui Lin almost drops Stephen as she spins around. Glacus comes walking out from a recess area, clapping his hands. Manatuk and the first, two of the Dominion champions, are by his side. Congratulations. I didn't think you'd make it this far. Sasha is quite good. I'm surprised she let you get by her. I think Manatuk and the first want to have a few words with you. It seems like a private conversation, so I'll leave you all alone. I'm sure you'll excuse me. I have travel plans. Glacus's demeanor changes when he looks at his champions. No excuses this time. Kill her dead. Not half dead. Not mostly dead. But dead. Glacus exits, leaving Fui Lin and Steven alone with two very dangerous champions. They begin walking toward her with swords in hand. Fui Lin doesn't wait. She hurls two throwing stars at Manatuk, then charges the first. Both of the stars hit their mark. Manatuk twists from the impact. Fui Lin jumps high in the air and kicks the first in the face. She lands on her feet in a defensive crouch. Run, Steven! Run! Steven is almost conscious now and begins to will himself to the door, then out into the hallway. The champions let him go. Fui Lin smiles right before she feels a fist smash into her face. In another part of the complex, in the torture chamber, Sasha, Bracken, and two other operatives drag the beaten Jean-Claude into the torture room. It seems that Sasha's grid was effective in obtaining his capture. She calls Glacus on her headset. You'll be pleased to know that we've found the renegade. It wasn't Fui Lin. It was Jean-Claude. In one of the planning rooms, Glacus is interrupted while planning his trip with Haddon and Herrick. He puts his finger to his ear to hear Sasha more clearly. What do you mean? Are you sure? If he's here, then Manuel is probably here as well. Have your operative find him. I'll be there in a minute. Why didn't you know this was happening? You spend all of your time speaking to the divining spirits and you didn't know about this? Master, I tried to tell you that Reason didn't die in the hideout. Manuel did. Your calculations were based on the assumptions that Reason died, but he didn't. You dare question my methods? I'll take care of Reason. I've dealt with him before. I know him better than anyone in the building. Reason loses his balance and almost falls as he stumbles his way through the hallway. He eventually has to sit down. The pain is so severe. Jean-Claude! 
While resting, he sees Stephen out of the corner of his eye. He turns to notice him approaching. Reason hugs him tightly despite the pain. Stephen, you're okay. You have to get out of here. Stephen begins pulling Reason up with great urgency toward where Freeland is fighting. No, the exit is this way. We have to go this way. Stephen shakes his head profusely and keeps trying to get Reason to come with him. Struggling to his feet, he musters enough strength, picking Stephen up and carrying him toward the exit. Let's get you out of here first. Then I'll find Fuilin. Don't worry, Stephen. She'll be all right. With eyes full of tears, Stephen stops protesting and goes along with Reason. Fuilin is thrown against the wall and falls hard on the floor in a crumpled heap. She is badly beaten with cuts along her legs and arms. Mariah and Olivia are dead. Now, let's add one more to the list. Fui Lin looks up weakly. Glacus walks into the room where Jean-Claude is being tortured. Though his arms aren't bound, he just lay there, unmoving. So it's true. Reason is still alive. Then anything I do to you, he feels. What's so funny? Can somebody please tell me what's so funny? Jean-Claude puts his hand in his pocket and flips open the safety lock on the activation device. Reason exits the complex with Stephen now at his side. At this point, Stephen is helping Reason because the pain is so intense. Once they are far enough away, Reason stops and takes a knee. Okay, okay. You stay right here, and I'll find Fuilin and Jean-Claude. Stephen grabs his hand, shaking his head profusely in an effort to keep him there. I'll just be a minute. I know where to find them. Just as determined as he was when he first tried to take Reason to help Fuilin, he is that determined right now to keep Reason right where he is. Stephen just keeps shaking his head and pulling on Reason's arm. Tears pool in his eyes and Reason can finally sense his desperation. Stephen points at the watch on Reason's wrist. But how do you know? Reason realizes that Stephen couldn't have known that they've just rigged the entire complex with C4 explosives. He pauses in wonderment. Manituk walks up to the broken and beaten Fuilin with sword drawn. He is determined to drive it through her back as she lay there. She has only enough energy to look at her watch. As the seconds tick, she smiles. Manitou plunges his blade deep, silencing her once and for all. <laughs> Glacus seems fed up with Jean-Claude's laughing. He pushes Sasha out of the way and grabs the beaten Jean-Claude by the collar. Keep laughing. I'll give you something to laugh about. Jean-Claude pulls the trigger out of his pocket. Glacus's eyes look down at what he is holding. Oh. Key areas on the complex simultaneously explode inside and outside the building. Reason covers Stephen, protecting him from the heat and debris caused by the devastation. Plumes of smoke billow up and out, rolling over Stephen and Reason. They can't see a thing, but they both know what this means. No one inside could have survived. As the smoke clears, all that remains is a large pile of brick and debris. After a while, Reason stands, free from pain. He takes Stephen by the hand. 
Tears form as he realizes that he is the only surviving member of the opposition. I'm sorry about Fuilin. I know that she took care of you, and that you were her helper. I know that you loved her. I did too. And Jean-Claude as well. But you understand what happened here, don't you? Reason kneels so that he can see Steven at eye level. We did stop the unleashing, but only for a time. If the death of Glacus is a sign that the Antichrist is here, then our work isn't done. It's just that the Antichrist, whoever he is, will not have the benefit of the Dominion Empire to do his dirty work. But according to the Bible, he won't need them anyway. Maybe we weren't assembled by God to stop the unleashing after all. Maybe we were brought together to bring down the Dominion Empire. Only God knows. Well, don't worry, Stephen. You're not alone. There's still a handful of us left. Reason looks up at the red sky and prays. Lord, may the soul of Fuilin and Jean-Claude rise up to heaven. One day, I know I'll see them again. But not today. Not today. Reason leads Stephen away before the fire trucks and rescue units arrive. His bittersweet victory keeps him silent as he goes. But along the way, a slight smile comes from the knowledge of knowing that he'll see Susan once again. <laughs>